And by the way, why are we talking about seven-figure deals right now and not doing eight or nine-figure deals right out of the gate? Here's the simplest way I can put it. Does it really make sense the first time you gamble to risk your entire net worth? Or should you probably get a couple of games of poker under your belt before you start betting the farm? Start with seven-figure deals, and then you move into the big leagues. And that's what the billionaires who allocate capital have done. That's how they got there. They got their momentum, and they scaled that momentum. Hey, it's Jason Rogers here, and I started from my grandmother's couch. That's where I started. Some of you know that, some of you don't, but that's where I started my deal-making journey, from my grandmother's couch. I decided to take a humble route to where I wanted to go because I knew every single dollar saved would help me get forward, and I don't like gambling when it comes to my success. And I feel like there's a lot of people on the internet right now that are talking about gambling with their money. They're selling you something of a gambler's dream. I'm not going to try to razz on other people on the internet. I'm certainly not going to use names. But what I will say is when I study the Warren Buffetts, when I study the Charlie Mungers, when I study Jeff Bezos, what I see in these true actual billionaires with net worths that can be quantified and proven, what I see when I study these individuals is they think long-term. They think in terms of decades, not years. They think in terms of decades, not years. That's something that billionaires almost all seem to recognize. Yes, there's always an outlier here. There's always a super genius, Zuckerberg, love him or hate him with how he handles things on Facebook. In this day and age, he, in my estimation, is a super genius. Same with Bill Gates. You know, these are prodigies, if you will. But if you're not already a billionaire at age 27, chances are you're gonna have to take a slightly more conventional path. And to me, it's absolutely clear that the true people with billion dollar plus net worths, they all seem to understand patience. They all seem to understand delayed gratification. They understand delayed gratification. And let's talk about it real quick. Delayed gratification is not something sexy. It's not something that if you're gonna sell information online, if you're gonna be a guru, are you really gonna sell delayed gratification? Are you really gonna sell to your audience taking the decade-long path to wealth? No, you're gonna sell get rich quick, baby. Get rich quick. If you're trying to make money selling information to people, on the internet. That's what you're gonna talk about, that's what you're gonna sell, but I implore you, for the people who talk about getting rich quick, see if any of them actually have billion dollar net worths. Do some homework and actually study their track record, go through a little bit, and ascertain whether or not they have a billion dollars worth of net worth. I mean, look, I sure as shit don't. I'm very transparent about who I am, what I've done, and what I've not done. I've done a seven-figure deal. I'm working on a seven-figure deal right now. We have a couple other seven-figure deals in the pipeline. I'm a deal guy. I'm a young, hustling deal guy that's looking to build a lot of wealth over the next decade or two. And I'm also an operational guy. I'm not just a financier. I'm not just a money raiser. To me, I actually view my responsibility as one, truly analyzing investment opportunities with rationale and a clear lens. In analyzing investment opportunities with rationale and a clear lens. That's my job. And then my job is to make sure that I operate the things that I buy successfully, that we maximize revenues and we cut unnecessary costs. I put people in place to help me with that because Lord knows I can't do it alone. But 
To me, bootstrapping an M&A startup is really all about not going down paths that don't really get you anywhere in 2020 or paths that don't get you anywhere in the new era, the digital era, the era where you can get infinite information on somebody in about five minutes for about $5, right? You used to have to pay thousands of dollars to get a private investigation done on somebody. Nowadays, somebody can get all the information they want on you in about five minutes. And again, it'll cost them about $5. So the old school way of doing things is not going in my estimation to be the best way to do things now in 2020. And that's what I've learned from firsthand experience. Now I share all of this because again, I think it's really important that in this day and age, we have transparency with what we're talking about and what we're teaching and what we're putting forth on the internet. There's a lot of scammy stuff going on on the internet, whether it's in business or politics or life. There's just, there is. Pay attention, you'll see it. For me, pragmatism and long-term thinking is the way to success. And that's not always flashy on Instagram. That's not always sexy, but it's sustainable. And again, it's how the guys like Buffett and Bezos and Charlie Munger, that's how they did things. And some of the things you can do if you're starting an investment group, one of the things I would really avoid is immediately paying a KPMG or an ENY to advise you on your $1.275 million acquisition or your $2.3 million buyout of a plumbing company or a laundromat or what have you. I would not, I would not work with KPMG or ENY or Scadden, right? I just named a couple of top accounting and law firms. I would not work with them right out of the gate. Why? One, they're way too damned expensive. Two, that kind of work, the legal and accounting work for a seven-figure deal, it's not rocket science. Whoever you bring on to handle accounting or legal onto your team, throw them 2% equity, maybe 3%, maybe 1% if you're a good negotiator. But give your accountant and your lawyer several equity position points in your top co entity that's going to be overseeing the ultimate acquisitions that you make, right? Top co, and then there's going to be different subsidiaries below that. Look at corporate structuring, Google corporate structuring, or go to my website for more information. But in any event, my proposition to you is give 2% of your future profits away to bring on an accountant. Give 2% of your profits away, your future profits, once you acquire stuff, give two more percent away for a lawyer, right? Accountant, lawyer, have those people, and then have your industry expert or two. You can have one or two industry experts depending on what you want. But to me, that's all you need. And I mean, it is all you need. Now that doesn't mean you can't bring on more people, but I don't know about you, but I don't really like giving away 20 or 30 or 40% of the pie to a bunch of people I don't really know who may or may not contribute value. But again, this is assuming that you work super hard, you know how to communicate, and you have a lot of confidence in yourself, right? If you lack confidence in yourself, then candidly, this whole thing is just going to be very, very, very difficult, despite what people on the internet will tell you. Once again, I don't mean to bring that theme up again and again. But I realized the more I go through this process of actually living it and really having my, my testicles on the chopping block, right? And that's the thing that I think most of these people talking on the internet don't talk about is, do they actually have their testicles on the chopping block in the game of doing deals today in 2020? Did they actually just go through coronavirus with everything on the line? Did they? I would guess not. The more I hear, because here's what's, happen here's what's happening for me. 
because I'm talking about deal making and I have videos and you know Instagram and my Facebook and YouTube and whatnot, people DM me or they message me what other people in this world are saying. And I'm candidly not listening to anybody else in this, in this deal making space right now because I trust my instincts and I have the wisdom of guys like Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett to look up to and I apply that in my day to day life as a businessman. So I don't really need gurus on the internet to tell me anything. But I certainly hear from you, not you, you, but some of you watching, I hear what you're being told because you tell me, hey, so-and-so said X, what do you think? Hey, blankety-blank said Y, what's your take? And I have to say, either you are misinterpreting what they're saying and or they are telling you stuff that I don't believe is proven or legitimate in 2020. Or at least, here's something else people on the internet I believe do based on what you all tell me. They treat you like infantry. They treat you like infantry. What I mean by that is they, they, they treat you like flesh and nothing more. If you studied World War I or World War II, you'll know that infantry absolutely gets slayed in, in intense combat. The infantrymen just run out and they get gunned down or they get stabbed or they get shot or they get what have you. Study the wars, that's pretty much what happens. Given that, do you want to be an inf in infantryman? I don't know. I mean, if you like going to the casino and gambling your entire net worth in a single night, then yeah, you're perfect for being an infantry. If you like going to the casino, if you like going to Vegas and putting it all on blacks and you're going to spin it and see if it goes on black or red, if you like playing that kind of a roulette with your entire net worth in life, then you should just gamble it away. And I am not for you if that's your position on life. But if your position on life and creating wealth and on future success, building a legacy for you and your family, a lot of wealth, not getting rich quick, that's not what I'm interested in. That's not what we're talking about here. That's not what Buffett was interested in. That's not what Bezos was interested in. That's not what these guys were interested in. They were interested in wealth, not getting rich quick. And if you are interested in wealth, then you have to think from the long-term perspective. You need to be able to say no to things. You need to be able to pass on deals. You need to be able to think with pragmatism and logic. And you need to, you need to not think like a gambler because you've been to the casino. You know that the house always wins, right? That's, that's gambling. The house always ultimately wins. You may win a hand here. You may win a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks or 10,000 bucks. Hell, you could win a million dollars gambling. But if you gamble long enough, chances are you will lose. That's why casinos have all those fancy lights and, and they own 50 million square feet and most people don't own 2,000 square feet worth of real estate, right? The casino owns 50,000 square feet. Average Joe's own 2,000 square feet, if even. So that kind of says something about who wins when people gamble, the gambler or the house? The answer is the house. So don't be a gambler. Be pragmatic. Think with your head. You know, I, I get DMs from people saying that blankety blank told me that I don't need a business plan to be successful with starting a startup group that makes acquisitions or by buying companies. I was told I don't need a business plan. I'm having a really difficult time building a team. Why? Jason, why am I having a difficult time building a team? I was told I don't need a business plan. They're asking me for a business plan. They're not buying in when I say I don't need a business plan. Why? Why would they ever think that I'm not a guy they should follow? What's the problem? The problem is if you're not able to answer the question, 
about your business plan. It doesn't mean you need a four page document. The business plan. No, stop thinking like this is school. This is not school. Business is not school. This is life. This is the life of you having persuasive reasons why your business that you're starting and you're founding and you're looking to grow. Why will it be successful? You have to answer that question persuasively with economic fact or at least trends and data and evidence and thought and insight. And you have to be honest about who you are and who you're not. Stop trying to fake it. Stop trying to fake it till you make it because people can do a background check on you in five minutes. And most of you candidly don't even really take the time to even make your background look good. Most of you have Facebook pages with you smoking a joint or something ridiculous. That's the truth. Not all of you, but I see a lot of crazy stuff. I just, wow, why are you even here? Kind of a question, right? I mean, if you're literally smoking a joint in the profile picture of your Facebook, I cannot help you because you're just going to turn too many people off when you're, if you're starting from scratch and if you're not worth 10 or $15 million, look, if you're worth $20 million, you don't need this advice. If you're worth 20 million bucks, you don't need other people's money. So you can use your own. So you can have pictures with you smoking a joint. You can look like Dan Bilzerian, but if you're not worth 20 million bucks, then you should probably get rid of the, the picture with you in a joint. Now, my point of all points is this, the way to do it in my estimation is to be smart. I wouldn't give away all your equity in day one. I wouldn't go chase law firms and accounting firms, at least not the big ones. Why would you need to work with a Skadden? Do you know how much Skadden charges? Even a top 75 law firm in the United States, do you know how expensive they are? Do you know how quickly they will chop their, they will chop their, their bones just waiting to milk ride you for all the money that they possibly can? That's how M&A lawyers think. And before you think I'm going to do 100% seller finance, I ask you to bring one person forth who has done a real transaction that has been successful with 100% seller finance. I beg of you to put that person forward and make him show up on a video with me. If you know someone that has done a successful deal with 100% seller finance, or if you know someone, I'm dead serious about this. I would actually really love to talk to someone who did a 100% seller finance deal who has at least been successful with that business for even six months. Just give it six months. Or even better still, tell me of one person who has done a seven-figure deal without using a nickel of their own money. Bring them forth. And you know what that person will tell you? That it isn't that easy. That it really isn't that easy. I've seen people fail. Nobody else will tell you this. Not on the internet. They'll only tell you about their successes. I've seen people fail, candidly, because I believe they got pretty bad advice. People just saying, max out your credit card, max out your credit card, max out your credit card, balls to the walls. Don't even think about anything other than doing the deal. You know why that's a bad idea? Because one, 100% seller finance is pretty much a myth. You can get high leverage seller finance, but usually 100% seller finance is only going to be for garbage businesses. In fact, sometimes seller finance is a sign that the business is not that good of a business at all. Meaning if the owner's really excited to give you all this seller finance, why? That's a good question to ask. Why is this owner so willing to finance this deal? Might he be or might she be a little desperate? Maybe the business is actually garbage. These are things you have to think about. And given 
that seller finance is not something you want to bet the farm on, you need to know how to raise money from banks. And if your credit score is garbage because you've been leveraging credit like a maniac because somebody on the internet told you to just max out your credit cards, that's going to be a problem. And I've seen this play out in real time. People who were close, people that went balls to the walls, people who didn't think pragmatically about financing, their finances, and the money, they got gunned down. Infantry men get gunned down. That's my point. That's why you need to think with a long-term vision. If you're not interested in gambling. In the same way I'm very uninterested in gambling. I have never gambled at Vegas in my life. And I never will. I'm not interested in gambling. People who build billion dollar businesses, yes, they take risks, but they don't gamble at casinos. And there's a big difference. If you can get that difference, then I have a lot of confidence in you. There's risk taking and then there's gambling at the casino. One, if done intelligently, risk taking is what I'm talking about here. If you take intelligent, calculated risks sustainably over time, you become the casino. Whereas if you're a gambler, you're a gambler. Because if you actually had a good business, why would you give away 100% seller finance? It's, it's really only something you're going to find for someone who is dumb. I know that sounds kind of tough to say, but I can't really think of another situation. You would never 100% finance something of that nature, a business. You just, you won't do it. If you have six brain cells up here, you would never do that. So pretty much what that means when people tell you 100% seller finance is you're trying to buy a business off a true bottom feeder. I mean a bottom of the barrel kind of a cat. That's the sincere truth. I mean, I'm looking at deals every single day of the week. And I'm not alone. I work with people. I mean, I've worked with countless deal makers over the last two years. It's all I do is think about doing deals. I've not at one point seen one business for sale with 100% seller finance. And boy, we've made a lot of outbound calls. We've talked to brokers. We've done it all at volume. And it's not just me. I have other people that help me. Hell, some of you remember I had salespeople working with me a year ago. Like we churn and burn. 100% seller finance. Ooh. Yet that's something people are talking about on the internet. Oh yeah, you can do it with 100% seller finance. Well, if you, think, if you think from that perspective, you're looking for a handout. You're looking for, you're looking for a cheat code. That's kind of what that teaches you to think like. Like a cheater, like a cheat code. I'm not trying to be rude, but think about it for a second. 100% seller finance, it sounds like a hack. And that's honestly why it's so seductive. Because we all want it to be easier than it should be. And the truth is the good things in life are not easier than they should be. You can't get six-pack abs and bench press 300 pounds if you never work out and you only eat donuts. It's just not going to happen. If you're only eating donuts and you're never working out, you will not have six-pack abs. You will not be able to bench press 300 pounds. But there are some people that want that statement to be true so badly that they will pay ridiculous sums of money to find that reality. They are looking for a fountain of youth. 
instead of just putting in the damn work. And so that's why there's people telling you what they tell you if you're listening to other people. And that's why I, as a guy who's actually doing it right now, we have an offer on the table right now, a seven-figure offer. We're really thinking and candidly hoping we'll get accepted. As of right now, our due diligence shows a wonderful company. And we're extremely excited. I'm pretty sure the offer will get accepted. I think this will be one of the last times you see this place here. Because I'll probably be out of here in about 20 days. But I'm not sure. I am in the trenches of doing deals right now. And I'm just telling you. So much of the stuff I hear you all telling me that other people are telling you is crazy. So beware. I'm not saying it's all wrong. I'm not saying you can't believe anyone else. I'm saying I would be skeptical and I would look for an individual's track record and I would really ask second layer questions. You can ask second layer questions of me and I will tell you that I have a long ways to go. I will tell you that I am not a finished product. I will tell you that I've made mistakes over the last 12 months, a number of them, and I've talked about them here on YouTube. Deal making mistakes, mistakes I would not do again. Some of those I've talked to you about in this very video. I don't see anybody else with a microphone and more importantly, most of you I don't think see anybody else with a microphone who's in the M&A buying business or buying asset world who's speaking to you this way. At least I don't know anyone. Maybe there is, I hope there is. I'd love to get to know this individual. And I'm not saying I have all the answers. I'm just saying I'm trying to be candid with you. And I actually am doing this. That's all I'm saying. Other than, again, of course, that buyer beware. Do with that what you will. But again, I will finish by saying basically what I started, which is I'm bootstrapping seven-figure acquisitions. So far, it's going pretty damn well. I've made mistakes. It's imperfect. I see a really bright future. And so far, things are already getting brighter. Most of the people I think you're talking to, and more importantly, they're talking to you and you're consuming their content, I kind of think they've lost the memory of what it's actually like when you're in the trenches, making your money from doing deals, as opposed to making your money selling information. And I know how to sell information. Hell, if you go to my website, I, I can sell you stuff. I know how to do that. I do. But that's not my bread and butter. That's my weekend side job only when I have a little bit of time. Most of these informational product guys and gals, I was going to call them a, a different word, but I, I won't use that word, right? But most of these guys that are, that are telling me stuff, their full-time focus is telling you more information. So again, proceed with caution, proceed with long-term thinking, think in terms of decades, not years, and study the billionaires the true actual billionaires. And I believe you'll do very, very, very well in the deal-making space. And by the way, again, avoid those accounting and law firms right out of the gate, at least the big four and the top five. And the if you're gonna do seven-figure deals to start, don't waste your money there. Trust me, just bring on an expert or two for legal and accounting and just trust me. And by the way, why are we talking about seven-figure deals right now? and not doing eight or nine figure deals right out of the gate. Here's the simplest way I can put it. Does it really make sense the first time you gamble to risk your entire net worth? Or should you probably get a couple of games of poker under your belt before you start betting the farm? Start with seven figure deals and then you move into the big leagues. And that's what the billionaires who allocate capital have done. That's how they got there.
They got their momentum and they scaled that momentum. Hey, it's Jason Rogers. Thank you so much for watching the video. Be sure to subscribe, thumbs up the video, and for more, go to jasonpaulrogers.com.